Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. Season 4, Episode 5, Belly. Written and directed by Hype Williams, released in 1998, and featuring DMX, Nas, Terrell Hicks, T-Boz, and Method Man. We'll answer the question, will Tommy and Sincere find their higher calling, or will they remain in the underbelly of crime? In Belly, Tommy and his friend Sincere are real-life gangsters, living large by dealing drugs and pulling armed robberies. The two butt heads a bit as they seek the higher meaning in life. Sincere grapples with balancing his occupational hazards with his role as husband to his wife, Tion, and his infant daughter, Kenya. He has a desire to also get in touch with his African roots and move his family to Africa and escape the thug life. Tommy doesn't want to hear that, and the two remain embroiled in the street life, rife with shady characters and danger. While Tommy is hired to kill a prominent minister, he has a religious awakening. But is it enough to humble him enough to leave the high roller lifestyle? So there we have with the synopsis, it's quite a wild ride. Boogie, you want to kick us off on your key thoughts about the movie Belly? Yeah, with Belly, we have that classic tug of war type story where, you know, you have a, a character that's done some real bad things and is trying to figure out where he wants to go in life, you know, trying to find something better for himself. Um, he has a significant other and a family that he's starting and he wants to, you know, get away. But on the flip side of things, his best friend, childhood best friend, is so in, in, entrenched in, in the street life that it's hard for him to even escape because anytime he tries to distance himself, you know, he gets pulled in. The movie I found, it, it's definitely a wild ride. I mean, it's not for the fan of heart at all. But it, it goes pretty quickly, and it's it's not dull at all. <laughs> I mean, there's always something going on, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> what's that all about? But I, I found it um, highly entertaining, um, and there's a lot of, you know, some cameos in the movie that, that always help, too. You see some, some, some recognizable faces, you know, you're like, oh, wow, look at this guy, you know, putting his, his, throwing his hat into the acting gig, the acting ring, so... But I definitely like this movie, and it, it's it's one of those rite of passage, quote unquote, type movies. I uh, remember when it came out, and that opening scene when they're walking through the club is probably one of the most iconic, shot, iconically shot uh, visuals for any in any of these movies. But then you look at who wrote and directed the movie, and you understand why. Hype Williams is was. He still is the man. I mean, he's directed some of the most recognizable hip hop um, videos and R&B videos in the game. So that whole scene is shot as if he was it was one of his videos and it, it shows. And every time I see it, no matter what's going on, I'm like, wow, he got that off. <laughs> <laughs> I have to interject because... <laughs> I used to have this kind of inside joke with like me and like two friends about Mike Williams. 
and no disrespect to Hype Williams because he really is a great director and has done so many great things. But like, I just imagined this movie was going to be entire, like entirely shot in fisheye with these bright Kino flow lights and everybody walking in slow motion, <laughs> like the Missy Elliott video. <laughs> so like that first scene, it's like, oh boy, here we go. It's a Hype Williams joint. And, and then it gets into like a more normal, like serious depiction yeah. of the story. But I was like, where's Buster Rhymes? And where's... Missy Elliott. How come no one's walking in slow motion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was those were some of the credits that so Hype Williams has done some of the most iconic uh, music <laughs> videos with Buster Rhymes, Wuha got you all in check, and Gold Digger from Kanye West, and uh, yeah. even that almost made like a short film for Runaway, which is one of the songs we talked about when we had the two Utes on. Um, he's done a lot of great videos, and Michael Jack. He worked with Michael Jackson. When when Tommy's goes in, in jail, and they, they he has it's a very like set. It's set up just like a hype Williams video. It's a very long kind of corridor. I was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the lights to come on, and I was waiting for a musical number from DMX. <laughs> <laughs> Much respected to hype Williams, but I was waiting for like the bright lights and like you could see it in the sunglasses. <laughs> it didn't happen. I was like, oh. Yeah. it's yeah, so that... funny i was gonna i was i was actually gonna list a bunch of the videos that he's directed but i was like this list is way too long and i wasn't even into the 90s yet <laughs> i know I, I i was surprised like how did i not know that he directed all of these great videos that yeah i enjoyed for so many years that he's, he's done so many of them yeah i'll use my cliche line if you want to look up pike williams google is your friend <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that intro to the movie is dope. It's got all the black lights. You can see like the the whites of their eyes. They're looking all crazy. The strobe lights coming on. It's pretty intoxicating where you feel like you're there. And they, I was reading, they spent a lot of money on that scene, mm -hmm. um, filming that opening. Yeah. And it, like you said, there's a lot. It draws you in right away. There's an opening poem or soliloquy by DMX. That was pretty tight too action-packed and we kind of gave the, the summarization of of the movie uh, i also love the we'll get to it but the the scenes in like kingston jamaica <laughs> yes I, I enjoyed that <laughs> yeah i mean the story itself is more or less like you said boogie uh sincere is kind of trying to to live a bit of a normal life and be true to his, his wife and, and young daughter but he's embroiled in, in this world and Tommy played by, so Sincere's played by Nas and, and Tommy's played by DMX. And I mean, they were just great acting. We've seen this as a common theme is like, yeah, hang out the microphone. And these guys are just awesome on the, on the screen. T-Boz yeah. as well. I thought she was really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. T-Boz from TLC. Yeah. yeah. Like Tion. Yep. She used her actual name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her real name. Yeah, there was some good characterization too, uh, and they they described that the woman Keisha as a ghetto Grace Jones. I like that yeah. characterization. She was tough. Yeah, to that fits, yeah. Hicks. Yeah, she was good. She was good. But yeah, that whole the whole thing really started to to to, to set up when Tommy Bunn's character wanted to expand operations and he saw that there was this new potent type of heroin that was making its way around the globe who was actually on 
the TV news reporter was actually Kurt Loader. Um, yes. TV news <laughs> was reporting on it. But Tom, Tommy Buns had a, a connection, Jamaican kingpin who lived a local um, local to him in Queens. And he sought him out to see how he can get a supply of it so that he can move it around and, and they can they can hustle it into the streets the streets. So uh this character Ox was was Lennox, who's a interesting character, spoke with a thick Jamaican patois accent, real tough guy. This you know, not the type of guy that you wanna 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 mess with, but he took a gamble on on Tommy despite the fact that he knew that Tommy was flashy. He commanded a lot of attention. You know, he even he even said, "Hey, you know, I know the 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 authorities are looking at you. They're following you. They're they're tracking you. They're keeping track of you. You're bad for business." But somehow he Tommy convinces him to to let him in, and then they go to Jamaica, <laughs> Kingston. Yeah, I love, I love the music in, in the Kingston. Like I was telling Don Reggie, I'm a big fan of like dancehall reggae. I'll go down this rabbit hole and just put on all the the dancehall reggae. Yes. Um, and the other day I was, I had um, <laughs> Murder, She Wrote stuck in my head <laughs> and um, <laughs> Chaka Demis and, and, <laughs> yes. and then also um, Cuddy Ranks. Yes. Um, <laughs> Who Miss A. Dunn. I love that song. Yes. <laughs> they had like the same beat. I just, I was just, I could listen to that all day. They didn't, those songs were not in this movie, by the way, for listeners, but. I wish they were, but they had some great dancehall reggae joints in that, um, those scenes. Yeah. Sean Paul cameo too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I love the character of Lennox. He was a tough grizzled Jamaican kingpin and he was a supplier, but also in payment for working with Tommy and providing him, he, he said, you know, you owe me a favor in the future. So the favor was you're going to, you're coming out to, to a Kingston with me to Jamaica mm-hmm. And he has him sneak sneak up and kill Sosa, who was like one of his rivals, like one of the other younger gangpins out there, where he pretended that he was like washing his uh, windshield, and he takes him out. And Sosa was a pretty flamboyant character with his feather mohawk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tommy took him out. And I think, Donna, right, you would like to, that us. Uh, Lennox was was watching the J- Jamaican soccer team. Yes, uh, he's a yeah. Football. <laughs> Football. By the way, Donna Wright has a, a soccer-themed uh, podcast as well. Yes, A lot yes. of podcasting. A lot of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was these guys were like hardcore and they were abusive. And there was another guy in their crew n- named Black. And you could tell that he was jealous and bit put off by his treatment. Early on in the, in the film, there was a scene in the one basement and uh, – they kind of push him around, abuse him. I think they made him strip down and they really humiliated him. But that will come into play a little bit later on in the movie where he seeks vengeance. Yeah, yeah. So so basically these guys, they set up shop in Nebraska to to start moving some of this potent heroin. And um one thing that they definitely were doing, they were they were taking away from the local entrepreneurs. And um, we come across the character of uh, Rico. <laughs> um, Rico didn't like that. <laughs> and uh, he dropped a dime on those guys and had the feds come in and raid their their establishment. 
locked pretty much a lot. Most of those guys got put um, behind bars due to that tip that, that Rico put out on them. So that that started a lot of the conflict right there because now not only did they not sell what they were supposed to, but now they owe money on top of it. So now everybody's frantic and then no one knows who quote unquote, you know, ratted them out to the feds. No one everybody's has a lot of animosity and on edge and it, it gets it starts to get really bad at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I picked on that. I picked up on that too, and I think we saw that when we talk about paid in full, which was yes. in another episode. It's like you come into somebody else's territory and you start wholesaling or sell, undercutting them. I mean, that's a bad. It's a bad scene, and uh, not not going to be very fruitful for you going forward. Fruitful for you. Yeah, you're going to stir things up. You're going to kick the hornet's nest. But I thought it was funny that go to, <laughs> out of all the places they go to Nebraska. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh, Omaha, thinking of Peyton Manning, <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> but uh, it, it's like I know Omaha has, I'm sure, like a urban center as we see there in the in the film. But I thought that was kind of odd. But hey, maybe it's kind of a little bit off the grid, and that's where they chose to go and, and expand their, their kingdom. But um, obviously you're you're in this world, and there's a lot of dangers that you know, you're going to fall into a lot of danger. I should say. And at one point, you know, with all the tips and everything, and then Lennox's home is invaded. And that scene was was incredible where all these intruders, he sees, he starts seeing them. He's flipping through the channels. He's kind of falling asleep or, or whatever. And he sees on his monitor the surveillance outside. And he, he kind of reacts and, and gets his gun and everything. And he, he takes out pretty much everybody. But then <laughs> this female assassin up on the balcony in the shadows, you know, jumps down and knocks him off. Yeah, Chiquita. That was all. That, <laughs> that scene was cool. very reminiscent of Scarface. Yeah. You know, he was taking them all out, and that's kind of what happened with Scarface. The one guy came up behind him, and with him, he was taking those guys out, and she jumped down on him and behind him and took him out. Yeah, very similar to Scarface. Wasn't they watching Scarface? Weren't, weren't they watching Scarface in this movie? I feel like they're watching it in all these movies. Was it this one? I can't I recall. Know. I know it was in Pain, Pain in Full, definitely. Pain in Full, right. right. Okay. So I don't know if it was in Belly. Yeah. No, but I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, there's other characters, too. Um, So there's a younger younger duo, Wise and the Kid. Wise and the Kid, yeah. They're the young thugs in training. And uh, you kind of can tell they're going to be problematic later on down the road and and it and that does prove to be true. And Shamik, played by Method Man. Yes. Yep. He has uh, some jealousies and whatnot, and he'll come into play a little bit later, also. Yeah, Shamik is um, kind of like he's that he's kind of like knowledge. Knowledge is Hitman. Because when that bust, when that raid went down in Nebraska, one of Tommy and Sincere's crew members' knowledge was placed in 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 jail, and like and as I mentioned earlier, tension started to rise because he's he's in jail and he doesn't know how, he really doesn't know how he got there. He's like, well, somebody must tip somebody off. So, you know, in trying to cooperate with the the FBI, he ends up calling Keisha, which results in her getting arrested as well. So now Tommy's like, well, what's going on? Like, why did you call her? So now 
you know, there's there's all kinds of animosity going on. But Shamik ends up taking out Rico <laughs> in Nebraska. And now, now I was just kind of trying to hint at that, you know, maybe he needs to go after Tommy as well. But Tommy's on the run. <laughs> Nobody really knows where he's at other than Waz and the kid. <laughs> yeah, this other, like, human aspect of it is that you know Keisha who was Tommy's girl befriends Tian who was Sincere's girl and she's kind of like Keisha you know has that gruff exterior but deep down she wants to be more like Tian have a man that respects her and that kind of has aspirations to get out of that lifestyle you see that Sincere was actually reading like some self-improvement books and I was reading up on it and some people thought it was like the nation of Islam you know, trying to really like find that higher power. And then he also has, as I mentioned before, aspirations of moving out to uh, to Africa. So in fact, it was that Tian, I think, bailed out Keisha from from prison, I believe. Yeah, that's what it is. It appeared that way. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, things get kind of crazy and arguments, jealousies, just like we've seen a lot of these, um, there was just a silly argument towards the end where um, Lakid and Wise are just going back and forth, and Lakid just in a broad daylight in a restaurant shoots Wise right there, and it seems that like Tommy was right there at the table with them, and I think he was just a little bit too intoxicated. He just stays there until the cops came, and then that that's why he got locked up because he was kind of like implicated. Yeah, but but the one thing about about Tommy in that situation. He could have he could have easily calmed that situation down, but he kind of instigated it as well. You know, oh, yeah. like, he was the older guy. He was the OG. These two younger guys are basically your soldiers. For lack of a better word, you can kind of calm them down by saying, "Hey, calm down." But instead, he said, "Hey, you gonna let him talk to you like that? You gonna you this? You gonna take this?" And ends up, you know, escalating the situation where he could have easily calmed it down. <laughs> But one thing, did you notice when 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 Tommy was arrested that one of his aliases that he gave was sincere? Did you catch that? I did. I caught that too. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was cold. That was cold. It's like I see some similarity, and that was DMX's character. Like his character and like some of the characters that Tupac played in some of the other movies we reviewed, like in Juice, it's like he turns total heel like that. Yeah, in some of the dialogue that they had when Sincere was hinting at, like, I want to, I want to change. I'm getting tired of this game, and I want to, you know, again, settle down. I got, I have, there's more to life than this game. You know, I, I want to settle with my family. And Tommy, played by DMX, was just like, man, I don't try to hear that. He's like, we're born to die. We just got to make money while we're here. Like, yeah. it was kind of reminiscent of some of Tupac's characters that we've seen in uh, in his films. And Sincere, actually, there was a nice scene, too, where there was that 12-year-old boy that he approached on the bench. That 12-year-old boy was, like, really hardcore into that thug life. Like, really, he was he's, like, smoking cigarette. And he's just, like, talking about he had a gun. He's protecting himself and all this stuff. And Sincere was trying to tell him, this is not, I'm warning you about this lifestyle. You don't want to get caught up in this. You know, yeah. you don't, you're young. you got a future ahead of you. You don't want to do this. Yeah, Sincere described him as 12 going on 20. Yeah. And he even spoke like he was much older than than, than 12. Definitely, yeah. 
that kid has seen things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was kind of like interesting how like the plot turns and there's a guy, Roger, he's like a shadowy figure and he hires Tommy to, to kill the minister. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. But Tommy follows that plan and he's determined to to kill the minister. I'm sure he's going to get kind of paid as a hitman to do that. And although, and then another scene occurs where Sincere gets sneak attacked by Black outside the barbershop. And Sincere gets shot shot in the leg, but then Sincere kills him in self-defense. And that was kind of a wild scene towards the end there. So I think that was it for Sincere. He's like, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm going to take, you know, yeah. that's when he's going to Tian. So I'm going to get out of here. Let's go, let's go to Africa. Yeah. Because Black basically tried to take him out in broad daylight. Yeah, when stuff like that starts happening, it's time to go. <laughs> and again, that's like I said, that's retribution for the embarrassment on uh, the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So Tommy, I, I really liked the, the end. Tommy, he's he's kind of it looks like he's having this awakening and he's enlightened. But then on the other hand, you don't know if he it's true. Is he just playing the part? He's learning more about you know the religious aspect aspect of it. But he's following through with the plan to try to kill the minister. And as he goes into his chamber or quarters there, the minister kind of sees him coming. He gives this powerful sermon. I just love that sermon at the end. That was great. And kind of the the gist of it is kind of like we're all part of God's will. Like you can kill me, whatever. Will you see, you know, will you choose light over darkness? It's a new millennium because, again, this is all happening like on New Year's Eve, 1999, the whole Y2K thing. So. It's kind of we're dawning of a new era. And, and the minister is trying to tell Tommy, like, help me. The streets are overrun with drugs. Or the youth are just, they're poisoned by all this. And you can see the light and you can kind of be a voice to for the positive. Help me put an end to the evil on the streets. You know, what are you going to choose? And that was powerful. Yeah, was and very, uh, very yeah, powerful. exactly. So I was like, wow, what's going to happen? I really didn't know. And that scene what, with the sermon is actually kind of juxtaposed with Shamik attacking Keisha at the yeah. same time. So it's going back and forth. I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they knowledge and Shamik come up with a plan and said, we got to try to root, root Tommy out. So the one way we can root him out is if we go after his girl. So they figured out where Keisha lived at and Shamik went to take her out, but she put up a fight. <laughs> Yeah, so pr actually prior to that, we forgot to mention, Shamik had invaded Sincere's house looking for him. That's and right. Tian had pulled a gun on him. And, you know, Shamik backed off. However, uh, it may have been Shamik and Knowledge, I'm not sure, but but Shamik backed off, right? But now this scene, now at the very end, attacking Keisha, literally pushing her physically, she turns the table on him and shoots him in the face. And I was like, good for Keisha. Again, that's all juxtaposed with this climactic ending. And then... Some of these guys bust in the scene there, and then Tommy does drop the gun and hugs the minister. So he actually, quote unquote, sees the light. Yeah, but the interesting aspect of that that interaction was that the minister somehow knew that there was a plot to kill him, so he had his normal entourage leave him alone for I think he said fifteen minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, so that he would be alone in his chambers when Tommy walked in, not even knowing whether or not Tommy was going to kill him or not. 
That's what you call walking by faith right there. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> You know somebody's trying to kill you, and you're just going to, like, you know what? Yeah, leave me alone. I'll, I'll deal with them. Wow. A lot of faith. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a climax at the end. Powerful. Very powerful movie. <laughs> there was, a, like, a parallel to Boys in the Hood, right? Doesn't uh, Furious Styles convince? Yeah, oh, yeah. Doesn't he convince them to, to drop the gun? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so they're... I felt the callback to that, and it's funny because we just put out that episode of Boys in the Hood. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Echo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I see a lot of like common themes through these quote unquote either hood or gangster type movies. There's a lot of these common themes: jealousy, envy, trying to reform yourself or get out of that world, and being drawn back in. And yeah, that was a good yeah. call callback. You mentioned um, the character Roger, and I was like, we might mention this later, but Frank Vincent, they got Frank Vincent to play a character, and you don't see him. <laughs> Why didn't we see him? I was yeah. like, no, that's no, that's uh, a strange choice. Like, Who is Frank Vincent? What, what else was he known for? I'm not too familiar. Oh, he plays a lot of like Italian gangster roles. Okay. But- um, yeah. Like it's Frank Vincent. Like you, yeah, you don't even see totally, him. He totally hit him from this from the movie. Yeah, it's almost like he's blurred out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't well, even I, realize. I thought that was a strange choice, but oh, what do I know? I'm not Pipe Williams. Yeah, I didn't realize that was. Like, I don't even think I realized that that was him until I was watching it this time. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Frank Vincent. <laughs> you don't see his face too clearly. Like, wow. Like he's yeah. got a record, a very recognizable face. So Frank Vincent's the guy who tells. Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas to get a shine box, which is my favorite, like, yes. put down of all time. <laughs> yes. Okay. I got you now. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. funny. I'm looking up his image now on like uh, Google or Wikipedia. He reminds me of a, like a Mike Francesa, the New York sports <laughs> radio announcer. I never said that. Yeah. I never said that. <laughs> yeah. I never said that. Had roles. Um, in, oh, he's had roles. In, I forgot who he played in The Sopranos. He's been in so a lot of the movies, though. It's funny. Good. I was reading that DMX's character Tommy was named after Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas. That's why they named him Tommy. Right. Right. Tommy. In The Sopranos, he was Phil Leotardo. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of like little fun tidbits here, different connections with other movies and things like that. Um, Terrell Hicks, that plays Keisha, played yes. Jane in the Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the, the minister that we reference was played by Dr. Benjamin Chavez, who was executive director of the NAACP from 93 to 94. And he was... It said the fact was he was the youngest person to ever serve as the executive director of the NAACP. So that was pretty cool. We mentioned a lot of, we mentioned T-Boz Watkins or T- from TLC, Method Man. Mm-hmm. And they said his name Shamik came from the introduction of the seventh chamber from Wu-Tang Clan's 93 <laughs> album, the debut album, Enter the 36 Chambers. Uh, that was in that, yep. Yeah. Had a little cameo from AZ. Nas's yeah. firm compadre, who was actually outside of the barber shop, when Sincere oh, walked okay. out, Black approached to take to assassinate him, 
Easy's oh, we had a baby and it's time to walk away. <laughs> but um him mentioned Sean Paul. Oh, that's all that was him. I was like, I thought like Sean Paul. Yeah, that was Sean I, Paul. I didn't look it up afterwards. Sean yeah, Paul, Sean Paul. Sean Paul. Give it to me. And and I recognized the other guy, but I couldn't figure out who he was. So I rem- I recognized the song. I was like, oh man, I can't think of the song. <laughs> and then it was off. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was him. But Terrell Hicks, she's actually was a singer. For she was a singer before she even got into acting. And she was signed with Motown and she released an album. And Hype Williams was actually the, the director for one of her single the videos for one of her singles, Silly, which was a remake. But shortly after that, he cast her in Belly. And really to go another degree down, the video for her the video for Silly is in the movie. <laughs> so it's playing in the background. I didn't notice that. One oh. of the scenes. Okay. Yeah. So one of her, her, her actual music video is playing in Belly. <laughs> yeah. I like I like Tara Hicks. <laughs> she's um she's still she lives in New Jersey. She's a, she's a school teacher. Oh wow. Yeah, Didn't I know her and her husband and her son. And we talked about hype, all of the videos that Hype Williams directed. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking up the guy that played Lennox, and his name, his professional name was Louis Rankin, or real name was Leonard Ford. And he was a Jamaican dancehall reggae artist, as well as an actor. And this was a huge, you know, huge role for him, obviously. He tragically died in a car accident in 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was 65 or 66. They didn't have his actual exact date of birth. But uh, he was pretty big. They called him the original Don Dada. Don Dada was a term used by other dancehall reggae artists like Supercat. Yes. (laughs) Don Dada is a good song if you want to look that up. Yes, it is. It's a great song. Yeah. I love when he was saying that. And he's like, you know who I am? I'm the original Don Dada. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I knew that sounded familiar. Yep. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Let him know, Ox. Let him know. <laughs> oh, man. Supercat had some big hits back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, big one that I forgot. I just I was scrolling up through my notes. When they were showing the opening, did you catch the street? Sign that went by. I think oh. Linden Boulevard. Uh, Linden Boulevard. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which factors in a lot of rap songs. Got a reference ATCQ. Yep. The Linden Boulevard. <laughs> Linden Boulevard represent, 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 tribe called Quest, represent, represent. <laughs> yes. Being in the '90s, I appreciated the uh, all the '90s fashion, like NYC and Avrex and Echo and Wu Wear. Yes. Uh, certainly, a, uh, it's like a period piece. Deserved, yeah. <laughs> Who you out know, there still has Echo. <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah. that odd film that they were watching at Tommy's house. Oh, it was like these little white boys, almost like farm hands, and they were just cursing. Like yeah, business. What was that? <laughs> I looked it up, and it's a movie called Gummo from 1997. G U M M O. I know nothing about it, but I happened to look, you know, saying like, "What? What is that?" 
<laughs> it was just bizarre. <laughs> it was very bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> Gummo. Now I'm now I'm curious. I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go to YouTube and look up Gummo, but I was like, what the heck? It was it was wild. Did you notice at some point one of the lines is ain't hard to tell? <laughs> Boogie saw it. <laughs> it probably helps that we watch I watched with the with the subtitles to make sure I didn't miss anything. But like, oh hey, little 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 shout out to his own record. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I I almost always watch these with subtitles too, because sometimes it's, they're talking fast or uh well this one with Lennox with the Padua accent is easy to miss. Some of the words, some of the stuff actually just says, you know, spoken in Padua. Yeah. Some of yeah, some of the stuff was translated. Some of the stuff he's speaking in English, but yeah, it's tricky. That made me laugh too because I was hoping that the sub because I I remember like seeing it, you know, years ago without the sub without subtitles, and I said, oh, maybe it'll it'll tell me exactly what he's saying. Nope, not at all. (laughs) <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, no clue. No help. It's yeah. like, oh man. We need a, a patois translator. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why this movie was called Belly, and you know, I had a uh, an assumption or guess was because they're like in the underbelly, you know, of this crime scene and the gangster scene. I don't think it's ever really spelled out, unless you probably see a director's cut or something like that. But I think that's kind of what it is, or, or the belly of the beast. Yeah, it's kind of like the neighborhood. That they're in, yeah. There was one interesting tidbit that I saw, but I couldn't find the scene. But there's a song in the score named "Sincere," and the song is actually performed by Nas's father, Father Oludara. Oh, wow! But I, I, I don't know what scene that song is in. I have to really look it up. But I saw that, and I was like, huh. That, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I, I think I noticed that, but I didn't quite follow up with that. What that was, and realized it was father. That's pretty cool. Yeah, old Dower. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. I highly recommend it. I mean, it's definitely entertaining. <laughs> definitely entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually typing out all of these daggone Hype Williams videos. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm at like 30 and I'm like just getting into the early 90s. Like, what is going on? I'm, I, was, I could literally sit here for like ever just. And then like some of the videos that he's directed, you'd be like, like, they're not even hip. They're like mainstream, like pop and, you know, dance videos too. Like he's worked with a lot of people. It's like, wow. I didn't realize he, he's his reach was that far. <laughs> The one song I have to mention is this harmonic that always takes me back. Remember that Boogie picked up maybe on however do you want me? However do you need me? However do you... Yeah. I don't even know the name of that track. Back to Um, Life. It's Back to Life by Soul to Soul. Soul to Soul. Soul There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That that song is super, super nice, iconic. (laughs) You throw that on in a party... And then, and, and every back then, everybody would go nuts as soon as that beat drops. <laughs> that was back to life. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was trying to look. I looked at the soundtrack, but I didn't get a really good picture of it. But uh, yeah, that was that was. I love that song. Yeah, I keep that song in rotation. 
I got it on a couple. I got it on a couple of my mixed 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 CDs. Mm -hmm. that I oh, and I didn't I didn't make this connection, but there's a version of "Never Dreamed You Leave in Summer" in this, produced by Sean Combs. <laughs> so Diddy had his had his had his hand in this mm -hmm. as well. Huh. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, some of the heavy hitters, Irv Gotti, that's produced some of the songs. R. Kelly, Swiss Beats, yeah. DJ Premier, RZA. DJ Premier. RZA. yeah. Mm -hmm. How about that? Swiss Beats, yeah, yeah. You see, with Method Man, you see kind of the stamp of Wu Tang Clan on this. Uh, there's a song with RZA, Ghostface Killer, ODB, Beanie Siegel, Memphis Bleak, Noriega. Yep, good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember a lot of these songs. Some of them they weren't super. They weren't super mainstream, but. They were good. Maybe that was Mr. Ve Maybe that was Mr. Vegas that was with Sean Paul. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the track listing, and I see Top Shotter, and I'm like, yeah, that's the song I was playing, and Sean Paul and Mr. Vegas. Maybe that was Mr. Vegas. That was well, or it could have just been a hype man, but that was definitely yeah. Maybe that that's the song I was playing when they were in Kingston. I remember that song. Here comes the boom. Here comes the boom. <laughs> yeah, stuff. Could this movie be made today? Yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. Who who are this year this generation's DMX and Nas to to play in the, these characters? I don't know. That's uh, yeah. I'll have to ask the, the two youths about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a tough question. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know who. Well, Kendrick Lamar is pretty charismatic. J. Cole, perhaps. I mean, I would say Kendrick could play the role of sincere. Somebody that has a, you know, maybe <laughs> Lil Wayne or ASAP Rocky, someone that looks like a little bit rugged, Rock. yeah. Could play or Wiz Khalifa, man. Somebody could could play, uh, yeah, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, who do you want to cast in the Billy remake if it ever happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. But I definitely think the storyline is the storyline is you know definitely you can. Just drop that right in. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't have to be a period piece. Yeah, the same <laughs> conditions exist for a movie like this. So. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So you want to go around and give our ratings now, Boogie? What do you think? Bring that funky flick back. Bring that funky flick back, or leave it in the bowl. Um. Yeah, bring that funky flick back. I think, like these. I don't know. Like I have an affinity for for gangster type movies, and this one just you know it fits right in there with the with the others. So yeah, I, I'd bring this funky flick back. Dino, right? I'd also bring this funky flick back. I walked into this movie thinking, oh, it's Hype Williams. It's gonna be really bright and <laughs> kind of kind of hilarious, but. I was entertained by what I saw, and big ups to Hype Williams for an entertaining story. Yeah, I say bring this funky flick back. Uh, I was thoroughly entertained, and a lot of action, 
it's harder to find. Like I've said, a lot of these are harder to find than they should be. I think it should be more or less on some kind of rotation. And we need more films with dancehall reggae. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Yeah, we do. Ooh, we don't have shotters on the list. (laughs) So that keeps coming up when I click on the links for 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 belly. Well, I was looking up Louis, Louis Rankin, the guy, the guy that played Lennox. He was in that movie. Yes, he was. Yeah. Shot us. Jamaican crime film. Yeah, that could be on our list. If we want, you know, I requested more dancehall reggae, so maybe we can get it there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Down the road, yeah. DJ Khaled's in it as a henchman. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> and another one. And another one. <laughs> the best, <laughs> the best music. Wyclef Jean is in it. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we don't review it, I might have to check that out. It's got some Bob Marley, Kaimani Marley, Damien Marley, a lot of Marleys. Damien Junior Gong, Shaggy, Inner Circle. <laughs> Oh, inner circle. Shot this is a good one. Yeah, I've not seen that one. That's from 2002. Nice. Cold classic. Awesome. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. B Music by Boogie. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs will review Straight Outta Compton. It drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to your listeners. Thanks for tuning in. All right. And remember, don't hate, formulate. Formulate. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Shout out to Bejeweled. Thanks for your support holding it down in the Green Mountain State. Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia double underscore time. That's brain freeze trivia time on Instagram.